0: De la Petrullo de Minas de California Weather headlines for today, Yes.
1: Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell.
0: Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss the impracticality of data science. Joining us is Katie Keim, who is the CEO of LQ Digital, which is a digital performance agency focused on acquiring profitable customers, through paid media, affiliate marketing, SEO, and qualifying those customers via their contact center, serving the largest enterprises such as USAA, Morningstar, VMware, McAfee, and PenFed. Yesterday, Katie and I talked about the impracticality of data science, and today we're going to continue our conversation to discuss breaking down digital silos. Okay, here's my conversation with Katie Kine, the CEO at LQ Digital. Katie, welcome back to the podcast. Not all my guests are willing to come back. So thank you. Note, the bottle of Pappy Van Winkle is in the mail for you.
1: (laughs) They don't come back. We're going to have to talk about why they don't come back. Yeah,
0: I know. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Pappy Van Winkle, folks, for those who don't know and don't love bourbon, is the best bourbon and it's incredibly expensive. So that's a heck of a gift. Katie, you're welcome. (laughs) I imagine this is a topic near and dear to your heart and a big part of what LQ Digital does for its clients. Start us out with an example of what a digital silo looks like.
1: Sure. Sure. When we engage with the digital marketing team, or if someone is building that digital marketing team for the first time, it usually goes something like this. I'm going to need a paid search manager. I'm going to need an affiliate manager. I'm going to need a Facebook manager. Maybe they'll pick up LinkedIn. I'm going to need my creative team. And I'm going to put in a marketing analyst. And typically each of those people have their own channel goals, channel tactics, you know channel measurement channel spend and often a coordination problem so we're
0: starting from the origin story of organizations hiring folks who each have their own data set that they create you're coming in lq digital's coming in and you've got these disparate data sets mostly because their goal sets are different how do you start threading these things together these disparate data sets because the ultimate goal here's got to be better performance for your client right so this is key getting these things stitched together
1: Right. In, in an analogy, I think would be if you went to a money manager and they're like, "Oh, I've got my bond guy. I've got my equity guy. Here's you know your hard you know your hard metals, and we'll look at real estate over here." I mean, no, we look at our financial advisors as someone that can look across asset class and make investment and return decisions that are in concert achieving our goals. And so certainly that's the usually the VP of growth had a growth role, but it's difficult. We see that it is difficult for those teams to maybe coordinate in that fashion. And I think the place that we see it to be most difficult is to shift money. So when my financial advisor comes to me and says, you are getting killed in your small caps, and we want you to think about an international fund, like he can talk to me, my husband, we can make a decision and we move. Moving people's budget to achieve the best financial outcome in a digital marketing team is really hard. Well, you gave me this budget and you gave me these goals and I am hitting these goals. And I I think where we see the sophistication and the the complexity to come in is how do I move things? How do I say non-brand, I am getting killed. I'm going to go move a bunch to affiliate or I'm going to go structure a partnership deal or, you know, I'm done on Facebook for this customer segment. Moving the money, which is the outcome of the thinking is the hardest part.
0: But so you've got to create a common language amongst these channels and with these managers who are, I'm going to assume, based on the size of the companies you're dealing with, these are highly accomplished, highly capable people who know what they're doing, right? And your job is to create fungibility of those resources, but you've got to have a language to connect why you would do those things. So I'm going to take a guess here, Katie, but is this when you're starting to think about measures of success, in other words, unit economics that you're using to say... Hey, look, the small caps aren't doing great. Let's go into metals. Is that typically how you're trying to stitch these
1: things together? Yes, I think that is true. And it's in two levels. I mean, one thing that we say, and it gets tiresome around OQ, is segments before channels. You know, let's talk about where we find the type of customers that we think will be interested in this. Is it a males 25 to 45? And is it this? Is it that? Let's talk about the types of buyers who are motivated and potentially we want to attract and the economics to go do that. The tactics get filled in And channels get filled in between the layers of those two questions. And so there's a little bit of default thinking, I don't know how to say it more articulately, but of like, I need to know how Facebook works. I need to know how Google works. Of course, that is true. But we have created these teams of experts that know how the channel operates very deeply, the reporting, the bidding, you know, all of those things. But we've we've lost some of the thinking about how these channels work together to attract a client to an outcome, a customer.
0: We started a little of this conversation yesterday, Katie. We talked about the impracticality of data science. And if I can boil that episode down for us, really what you were advising folks is, you know, begin with the end in mind. And in order to get to that end, you've got to be thinking about what your ideal customer profile is. What's the ideal customer look like? So that makes a lot of sense, right? That is the thing that ultimately stitches together these channels is this common understanding of the end goal. My job is to produce more customers that fit that profile. That makes a ton of sense. What about, and I have to say, Katie, I'm I'm anxious to understand how you pull this off just outside of the stitching together piece. But what about commonality in terms of measuring metrics of success? Do you try and lean into, hey, guys, here's this piece. You're, You're good at this. I'm good at that. Tell you what, we're all good at this one piece. Is that another way you tend to approach it? Stitching that data together.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'll give you, you know, we have a client that's in the subscription business and those profiles of how they engage with that subscription looks very, very different. And by age segments, by geography, et cetera, And there was a notion of here's what it costs on a CAC to LTV in our social channels. And let's look at how often they come back and how many boxes that's fundamentally in the LTV. And let's compare that potentially with what we're getting. And let's not call it search. Let's just say non-branded search. And there was essentially like, We can play this all day at better economics in this other vehicle. And that's what we're going for, right? How do we find the ICP, ideal customer profile, at the best possible economics? And so, unfortunately, you would have to have the Facebook leader and the non-brand leader together looking and, and for more other leaders in the room. And behaviorally, you have to have them be prepared to give up ground, which just doesn't naturally happen because we get attached to our budgets and our teams and our channels and our people. And so for us, it's like, I could care less what channels we use. I always say, and they get really frustrated, man, I'll use carrier pigeons. If the economics are, I don't care. I have no affinity to any of these channels. I'm looking for who is going to deliver the return that improves upon last quarter's return for the customers that we want.
0: People can't see my face, but I've got a giant grin on my face because I will tell you, folks, full disclosure, Katie and I work together in a capacity and, and she has these Katie moments, these Katie phrases. So, Katie, I'm stealing this from you, too. But we'll take carrier pigeons over digital channels. Your board might be a little concerned.
1: It usually involves a swear word and carrier pigeons, but you, you make it your own. Make it your own.
0: But that really does boil down to the practicality. And I think you're also exposing something here that I would imagine is also really difficult and would be great advice for the folks listening in with this challenge, which is change management, right? Change management. How do you help people? So we talked about like using data or potentially using common understanding of the ideal customer. But I can imagine like helping people deal with the fact that they've got to give a budget. Right. And helping them kind of manage that idea of change. That's got to fall into if you're not driving it, at least, Katie, you've got to be aware of it and having techniques for helping people manage through it.
1: Well, I mean, there's a change management challenge in your company every day. Like I, I could just imagine you could say, here's one. I mean, no one listening to this podcast has not experienced some kind of change. I'm like, oh, it's just harder you know, I don't know if we have to go back to our child rearing years, but like you didn't ever give a toddler one choice, right? Would you like to go to bed now? Or would you like to, you know, finish your dinner? Right. So I would just say we have a client right now that we're going through a challenge and there is literally a conversation on the table. like Maybe we just turn the channel off. Okay, great. That's an option. I think we should go through a couple other options that we should present to the client. And it turns out that when you offer alternatives and you have to discuss the merits of that, that is going to be a more productive, I think, conversation around change management, which is like, we can turn it off, but we could test back in and figure out which markets it's working in. We could double down and move it around a different set of economics. Or we could actually target this channel only at this segment, right? We came up actually with three alternatives. And it is our job to have a point of view, which we think is going to be more successful. But you know, I think what we're trying to encourage our clients is don't stand still, right? Like we got to do something. The economics performance isn't there. And I think oftentimes we get so defensive when people say, like, Doug, that's not working. Let me tell you all the reasons why we should stay where we are. No, no, no. Doug, let's talk through two to three options of where we should go from here. That suddenly is now we are co-creating a path towards changing something. And so maybe that's stylistic, but I'm like, I do not like to have one option. And I don't think think anyone does when they're being told to turn something off or move something because it feels like failure. So Katie, I think lots of
0: good advice for folks here. The first thing is this. Let's have a practical view of what it is you're trying to do when you're trying to make your channels work together well. That's a good tip. The other is any type of change is going to put people on the defensive. So make sure to give them options. And ultimately, you know what, if it's not working, bring in the carrier pigeons. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Katie Kine, CEO at LQ Digital for joining us in part three of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Katie and I are going to talk about the unit economics for digital marketing just one more link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is market advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, keep cranking, because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.